Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. He konai purangi tēnei nā te reo irirangi o Aotearoa. You're probably good with the fruit and the carrot stick. So here we are in the salubrious Wellington newsroom with a feast laid out in front of us and some willing participants to take part in our raw food luncheon. And thank you so much for coming and being here. And how does it look, folks? Rabbit, rabbit food. food for you to try sweet rabbit food. Yep, that's so often the first impressions when it comes to raw food. But could a plant-based diet involving no cooking really be the best thing for us? Hi, I'm Carol Hirschfeld, and welcome back to Healthy or Hoax, the show where we take current trends that claim to be good for you and look at what evidence there is to support those claims. This episode, a raw food diet. Has it got Snickers in it? Well, it's raw and vegan and refined sugar-free. So the answer is no. (laughs) I'm not sure what's in it because we can't figure out what's left. But um... Mm. Nuts? Yes. It tastes healthy. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Well, I don't know, but it just it doesn't quite line your mouth with fat the same way as Snickers bar does. There's probably quite a lot of coconut oil in it. I think it has, yes. Nuts and, yeah, peanut butter or something, I think. Yeah, that would make sense. And the chocolate on the top is not real. No, mm. it wouldn't be vegan if it was real. No. But honestly, I feel like I need a glass of water. Yeah, it's not that, it's not that satisfying. I'm not overly convinced. Anyway, to cracker. Crackers should be all right. I mean, how can you stuff up a cracker? Devotees of this way of eating tend to be vegan, meaning they don't eat any um, meat, eggs or yeah. dairy products. That's OK. Consistency a bit like cardboard. It's usually a diet high in fruits and vegetables, as well as nuts and seeds. I think that that slice is the fig one, and that one with the green is ginger, mm-hmm. and then that is like a raw muesli bar. The raw aspect means nothing heated over 40 degrees Celsius. Is it healthy slice? It's, well, yes. <laughs> I think that's the theory. It's got figs in it. Okay, Mary, what's on your plate? Okay, you're, the, so you're the first in there with something. I've got a bean salad with some greens, three little carrot sticks, and this kiwi kiwi plum, what was it? Kiwi, kiwi berry. Kiwi berry. kiwi berry. Which I've never tried before. I'm not, I'm not quite sure how where I stand with beetroot, so I'm keen to try and see if, <laughs> how I feel about it, because sometimes it's hit and miss for me. Cooked? Yeah. Is it the usual way that you consume it? Yes. That's so n- raw is quite... Different, yeah. Mm. Nice. There was also a fair bit of self-selection. Those who turned up tended to be people who watch what they eat. I always find I'd like to eat more raw food, but the times I've gone and eaten a whole raw meal... 
from savoury to sweet, I usually end up having a complete drop in my body temperature and <laughs> ruining the amount of coconut oil I've eaten across that meal. Yeah. Yeah, and, and the cost. It always seems like it should taste really good. If you were creating it at home, without, without the cafe labour, it would be much cheaper. Um, and to be honest, this isn't too far off how we eat mm. during the week. But yeah. there's a lot of grating going on in your household. <laughs> yeah. Someone who actually built a business on raw food is Megan May, the owner of organics brand Little Bird. She says eating raw helped her to recover from poor health. I spoke to her and food writer Nikki Bizant about the popularity of going raw. I had burnt myself out um, through chefing and eating foods that I was allergic to, so I'm gluten and lactose intolerant. I was seeing specialists and having all sorts of different therapies, and it wasn't until I started adding in um, green smoothies and starting to think about how much I was cooking my food and adding in raw foods. It was amazing how quickly you could feel a little bit of life coming back into me. I didn't just decide all raw foods were amazing. Um, I really listened to my body and learnt which foods worked for me and which didn't. Nikki, I guess that's the important thing is having knowledge, understanding what balance is required and it's not just... Uh, approaching every every raw food and thinking, well, I can you know dive in and eat anything and everything. Yeah, yeah. if it's raw, it's great. I think I think Megan's story is what's interesting about that is it's such a personal story and and it's reflective of a lot of people's journeys when, when it comes to health. Is it that it takes a bit of trial and error and really listening to your body to understand what works for you. And the thing is, of course, different things work for different people. It's fascinating though. We are seeing something of a raw food. Um, revolution. A trend, there's definitely a trend, and Megan will be well aware of this too, that towards people wanting to have foods that are more natural and more whole and less processed. And I think that's where that's showing up in, in manufactured food, if you like, is in the snack area. And there's a huge explosion of balls and bars and kind of, you know, the bliss ball type Absolutely. thing? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I mean, those are just, they have exploded in the last couple of years. There's so many more of those now. You can have a whole section in the supermarket practically of those. Those right. things have busted out of the health food store now, haven't they? they yeah, really, they've really gone really beyond the health food store. And uh, especially cereal. My God. That yeah, that's, is, that's a crazy <laughs> section. Yeah. Well, you know, the fascinating thing is that it does sound pretty austere um, as, as in terms of food preparation, raw food. But, you know, I've tasted so many wonderfully uh, delicious things. What is the biggest challenge to make raw food appealing to everyone? Everybody loves sweet food, pretty much. Hence those bliss balls yeah. Yeah. travelling <laughs> globally everywhere. People, people are hardwired to eat, you know, for whatever reason it is. I always call that as the gateway drug. Nikki, in terms of um, being a, a food writer yourself, obviously you will have seen just raw food recipes taking off everywhere. Is there any particular trends that you're seeing in those dishes that are being, um, you know, offered in different cookbooks and magazines? I think uh, I would echo Megan's sentiment that the, that the sweets and the desserts are the thing that seem to get the most pick-up. And if you look at social media, for example, those yeah. things are everywhere, the raw Smoothie cheesecake. Smoothie bowl culture. The, yeah, yeah. These, the sweet things, of course, that's the, people, the thing that people gravitate towards, which is great. Uh, I guess my 
concern would just be that if, if that's the only thing that people <laughs> adopt, then they're probably not going to actually end up being that much healthier than if they actually start to eat some more vegetables, yeah. for example, and have a, get the salad in, as you yeah, say. Yeah, and that's what I say in the classes, and this is not what this is about. And if you want to make your the only health, if you're eating just a regular diet and then your healthy thing is a raw cheesecake, <laughs> you really, it's no. not going to work out. And some of those <laughs> things are probably, you know, in terms of uh, energy density, probably yeah. just, just as just the same as the cooked equivalent, I would say, you know, and sometimes even more with, the, with all the nuts and the and the oil and the, you know, the things that are in there, the dried fruit, you're not probably going to save, you're not going to lose weight by having a raw cheesecake instead of a cooked cheesecake. Professor David Cameron-Smith teaches and researches nutrition at the University of Auckland. While he finds the innovation of many raw food enthusiasts exciting, he cautions against adopting an extreme approach. There's absolutely no scientific evidence that cooking things above 40 degrees is going to result in the loss of a whole range of um, essential nutrients. It is true that if you boil things for a long period of time that uh, you're going to get a leaching and you're going to get a loss. But at the same time, you're going to uh, change the composition of the food to increase the digestibility. So there's always this trade-off. Loss as a consequence of cooking, but then you're making the food far more digestible. What current raw food relies upon is technology that's only been introduced in the last few years. Highly efficient grinders and millers, highly efficient um, um, ways in which you can change the food structure to make it more digestible and certainly taste better for humans. So in the context of occasional food, raw food is fantastic. It introduces a whole new level of interesting food and cuisine. It opens up paradigms around the use of things in completely different formats. So it's fantastic for cuisine. And if it means that you eat more fruits and vegetables, then it's probably a very good thing. But it is not the panacea in and of itself for a healthy diet. It's just another eating trend or an eating fad. David also says we've got a lot to thank cooking for. One of the major leap forwards for human civilization was the ability to harness fire to be able to cook foods. And instantaneously that opened up a whole range of new food products that enabled humans to exploit the environment in which they existed. And so there was a very quick parallel between human brain development and culture development and the art of using cooking, whether it was to, um, to create bowls or whether it was open fire or was use of charcoal. But in all of those things, it is cooking of food that has liberated humans to be able to try and eat so many things that would otherwise kill every other species on this planet. A major study out of Germany found those who followed a strict raw food diet were likely to be underweight, and some women stopped menstruating. And don't jump at that, thinking you'll lose weight simply by eating raw. The people in the trial were basically undernourished, not healthy. AUT's Professor of Public Health, Grant Schofield, believes the reason for that is evolution. The thing about humans that makes us quite different from other animals is the size of our brain, well, the proportional size of our brain, and it's, it's crucial in understanding um, human nutrition um, and human, human energetics and metabolism. So this, this 1,200 cubic centimetre brain it goes through an extraordinary amount of energy. So it's 2% of our body weight, but it's using nearly a quarter of our energy. 
So you need a lot of energy to get a brain the size of a human. And the evolutionary biology argument is, well, you know, it's really only the emergence of humans' ability to, to run down large furry animals and kill them and eat the whole lot of them that helped develop energy availability of that size. And you could say, well, that's why chimpanzees and gorillas have much smaller brains. It's just not the energy availability in a vegetarian raw food jungle. Then it gets sort of slightly more complicated. In order to actually catch and run down animals um, and extract the maximum amount of energy, you need to reduce your gut size. Not, not always obvious in modern humans, but we have got a reduced digestive um, apparatus. So we need to pre-digest our food. In other words, cook it. It's been something that's been very, very important for humans to, to extract more energy, to enable us to reduce our gut size and be faster at endurance running. You know, and then you look at human tooth structure and that sort of thing. You know, humans have um, cooked and eaten cooked food, including meat, as part of the evolutionary legacy. My view is deviate that from that at your own uh, peril. David Cameron-Smith also points out that anyone consuming a raw diet is at risk of being iron deficient, which is the most common nutritional deficiency in the world and can affect mood and your ability to think. Supplements tend to have a fairly hard impact on your digestive tract. People who take high-dose iron supplements really do suffer. It does, it does bind you up and it does give you a tummy ache. There are lots of better ways to consume your iron, and I'd suggest that uh, you can do so by broadening your range of foods to include uh, eggs and dairy, uh, seafood and other things that are naturally uh, rich in um, bioavailable iron. And of course, there is other issues at play. People who choose raw food are not necessarily just focused on the cooking, but they're making ethical statements or ethical decisions about the way in which they wish to live their lives. Meat is a very significant ethical issue, and we, we, need to, um, we need to be conscious of that decision, and we need to encourage people to find that point of consumption uh, of different foods so that they feel that they're still uh, achieving their life's goals, they're still making uh, a carbon-neutral impact on the world, but they are consuming a diet that's going to give them optimal nutrition. You're describing a very distinct group of upper, high, middle-class income earners who are fixated about uh, their health, particularly their nutrition, but that's only one part of what makes a wonderful human being. Wonderful human beings are very engaged and interested in the world. They're very supportive and loving. And the sole investment, the focus on food, should not be at the detriment of everything else that makes us wonderful. Back at our newsroom lunch, the crowd are all pretty wonderful people. When I bring my lunch into the kitchen, you know, like any, any day of the week and, you know, head towards the microwave or whatever it is I'm doing, putting something on a plate, I always get the comment, geez, that looks healthy, and they kind of screw their face up and, like, what, are, what kind of a weirdo are you? Yeah. To be fair, it's mainly the sports reporters screwing their noses up. <laughs> Yeah. I feel so virtuous eating food like this, like knowing I'm doing something good for my uh, immune system as opposed to running down to the supermarket and getting a pie or eating my stash of instant noodles in my drawer. Um, Does it make you feel like, you know those winter cravings for like bread and potatoes and hot lasagna. chips? Lasagna. Yeah, lasagna, all that stuff. Does it satisfy those cravings for you? Hell no. <laughs> Hell no. But then I know that if I eat this then I could possibly eat that tonight. Mm. 
Yeah. It's all about balance, right? Yeah. There's a lot to be said for balance. So a raw food diet in its extreme, well, I'm not convinced that's a healthy way for anyone to live 24-7. But if it encourages people to eat more fruits and vegetables and whole foods, that's only a good thing. And the experts would agree. But if you're only adopting a raw food diet some of the time, make sure it's the salads and vegetables, not the sweets that you're eating. Three out of five stars. Well, this is the last episode of this season of Healthy or Hoax. But the first five episodes are available wherever you find your podcasts. So if you haven't listened to them yet, please do. And stay healthy. Healthy or Hoax is presented by Carol Hirschfeld and produced by Kate Pereira-Garcia. You can subscribe to it or a range of other RNZ podcasts on iTunes, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Please rate and review us when you're there. It really helps. And if you enjoyed this show, perhaps you'd like to try RNZ's weekly science podcast, Our Changing World. Check it out. But for now, thanks for listening.